the parsha begins. Very, very difficult to understand why the Parsha is introduced with this Bosuk. Bringing in, we're talking, we're about to introduce the Halochis of Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, where Gans Klaus will get a Kapore. It's the highest moment possible to bring in this tragic event, Misas Bnei Aaron, as an introduction to Yom Kippur. Mind-boggling. So Rashi brings down a Sifri, a Teres Kahanim, a Sifro, which reads as follows. Hoya Rebbe Lezebenazariah used to say, Moshul, Moshul. He gave a Moshul. Lechoyle shenichnas a sick person. That nichnas the doctor comes in and he tells him this food is not good for you to eat, and this place is not good for you to sleep for your health. That's one message, but then there's another message. Another doctor enters. Bolo yachar, another doctor gives him the same message, but then he tells him. You won't die the way this other person died. That's the message. So in other words, from the Teres Kahanim, that Rashi is quoting, the purpose of this first posok, which captures the name of this week's parasha, is to tell you, to warn you, the Koyen, in this case, it's the Kohen Godel. Be careful. You want to know how careful you have to be? Look back. It's a Pella. I have to say that this answer almost makes it more difficult than it was to begin with. We're dealing here, we're talking to the Kohen Godel. Obviously, we're not just talking to Aaron Akoyin, we're talking to the Kohanim Gedolim Shebechol Doer Vadoer. The Kohen Godel, who is he? He's the greatest Kohen in Klal Yisrael. Theoretically, halachically speaking, the holiest person. There is no holiness greater than the Kohen Godel. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. The Kodesh Kodoshim is the holiest place on earth. So you're talking about an event, a moment, a location, and an individual that's integrating all the levels of Kedusha that are possible. Now you have to warn with the death penalty to make sure that they'll listen, or to make sure they'll take it serious. If we'd be talking to Kahana Medioitis, who worked the whole year, throughout the year, Besamigdosh, you know, the habit can take over. Habitually, you may be negligent. We understand. Perhaps we can understand that you need this type of a warning. But here, here you have 
a very motivated Kayan Gadol, on the holiest day of the year, going to the Kodesh Kodoshim, we have to scare him? It, with a real-life example, a real-life case, Moshlo Moshel. So to me, it almost made everything more difficult. Clearly, Chazala clarifying. We just have to seek out the clarification. So I'll tell you a thought. Perhaps this connects what the Avoid of Yom Kippur is as well and what the job of the Kohen Gottel is. And it's a timely message as well. Bnei Aaron, not of Avil. Why did they die? So we have a little bit of a discrepancy between the Psukim, which seemed to imply that there was some kind of Eish Zorah, there was a Hakrove of an Eish Zorah, foreign fire, an unauthorized fire in the Beis Amigdosh, which would seem that the Avoid itself, that Nodav Aviyu did, was, the, was what brought on their tremendous Oynish, the tremendous punishment. On the other hand, if we look at Chazal, they give us many reasons why potentially Nodav Aviyu died, ranging from things that relate to the Beis Amigdosh. Like they went in when they were under the influence of Yayin, of wine. Or they didn't get married, which has nothing to do with the Beis HaMiglish, seemingly. Or they were which is also more of a generic Avera. So how do we combine all of this with the Eish Zohar? How do we combine this with Yom Kippur? There's a fascinating Yismach Moshe. Yismach Moshe is found earlier on when he discusses the Chet of Nodav Aviv. And he brings out a point which is so important to understand that Nodav Aviv can't be understood simply as a crime, as a some casual crime, thoughtless. Almost sounds like they went into Beis Migdash. A Zora drinking wine. I mean, it sounds like these were from the holiest people. Great men. Clearly, they did a Avera. And clearly, the Avera was on a level that, at least for them, had an immediate devastating response. There was no time to say to Hillen. There was no time to, to talk, to talk to Rabbi Shalalim, to, to Betzach. There was no time. They got plucked away. At the same time, you can't learn it simply. So the Yismach Moshe says, don't learn it simply. We know that drinking wine, generally we associate it with negativity. Okay, sometimes a woman will call me up. If I could talk to her husband, he comes home from shul. If there's a kiddish, he's a little bit more lebedic. Maybe she should be memayat with the wine. This is something that I get called about. Not necessarily in our Kayla, but even in general, even from out of the community. But wine has a very positive effect. And sometimes wine is and you praise Hashem with wine. has to be wine, has to be midi de according to some views. We know that grape juice is sufficient, but it's debated. And there's Yerushalmi that seems to say that you need a Dovah HaMeshakir. 
Nichnas Yayin Yotza Soy, that means endless Chazals that tell us the mile of Yayin. So Yayin has potential to elevate a person. How do we explain this Yayin that Nodav Aviyu took? It says the Yismach Moshe was a Yayin of Kedusha. They were looking, they're going with Naival Ifnim. They wanted to have a higher experience. And they were elevating themselves. Percept, perceptively, that's what they wanted to accomplish. And that's why they drank the wine. So it comes out that there was a definitely a major distinction when you look at it from that vantage point, and the way you look at it, well, they, 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 you know, they, they went to the Kiddush, and they went to Beis Amigdash. It wasn't like that. But now we have to understand. So what was the gravity of the crime? Why wasn't there a allowance of Ritzli of, what was so terrible? It's a mistake. But it sounds like a pretty firm mistake. Why was there such a harsh Einish? So what I want to share with you. And this will combine all of the reasons that Chazal gives, some in a very direct way, some a little bit a little bit broader, maybe a little bit not as muchrach. I'll just give you an example. You know, there's a there's a there's a drug, there's several drugs that are used as pressers. If a person is very ill, sometimes the the blood pressure gets affected, and that's one of the sometimes end-of-life signals. And there's emergency drugs available, pressers. There's a whole range of them. And they uh, keep the body going. They keep the pressure up. How do they do that? They put the blood, they centralize the blood to the vital organs. And the extremities... They have less blood flow. And by centralizing the blood flow, you increase the pressure. That's why it's not something that's a long-term option, because Rahman al-Slan, I've seen people on that pressers for extended periods of time. As the days go by, you see the impact to the body. Literally, the, the extremities start looking like they're not alive anymore. But that's a concept, it's a survival concept where sometimes you separate, you're almost separating part of the body to make the rest of the body survive. Years ago, I read a report that animals have this ability when they're attacked or some kind of survival instinct where they shut off and they could be very severely injured and they could almost ignore the pain and the, everything that's associated with it and become almost a survival instinct to separate from yourself. These are high levels of, of abilities that we can't even 100% logically explain. But there's sure people that can. Same thing day-to-day life. People have an instinct for their own survival. And most people, Baruch Hashem, are good and have a good sky about them and want to help and want to be there for other people. That's a, Baruch Hashem, a Teva Anushi, especially B'nai 
Avrom Yitzchak V'yankif, as the Rambam says. But when you're going through a challenge, and you're, I'm calling it a survival instinct, but it doesn't have to be even survival. You're having a problem. Financial challenge, a health challenge, shalom bias challenge. Very often a person becomes instinctive, absorbed in himself. They forget the world around them. And that's a normal thing. That's a human nature. The Torah doesn't allow you to do that. But it's, it's, it's an instinct. I mean, there are times where there are times as, as, like that. In Ruchni is also that's hazard treif. For somebody to self-absorb in their own matzav achayim, their own spiritual chayim, and forget the arvas, the responsibility to the Am Yisrael. It may sound from, but it's chazat treif. Chazat treif. B'nei Aroim were on a spiritual lane. The problem is that that lane was very much themselves, their own aliyah. Loinosu noshim, that's the continuation of Klal Yisrael. They didn't even counsel with each other, take counsel from each other. What's the crime of that? That's not a crime. It shows the isolation. They even isolated Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin and Beis, Barichas, Nodavaviv, isolated Moshe Rabbeinu. This was a bubble, spiritual bubble. That's how they were able to go into the Ezorah. Something which wasn't part of the order of the day, the order for Klal Yisrael. It was their own. The Yayin also isolates you. These are all elements of the same thing. And it's Chazer Treif in the base of English. A Jew is never in isolation. He always has to live in the world and focus on the world. And he has an arvus, ongoing arvus on the world. A responsibility for the world. And that's the danger. When the Koyen Godel goes with Naival of Niman Yom Kippur, it's Lehefach. Our question is the beginning of the answer. Because it's such an opportunity, because it's such an unbelievable Madrege that's available to the Koyen Godel and to the Koyen Godel only. And it's, it's a moment, it's momentous, it's Yom Kippur. The Koyen Gadol could fall into the trap of Atzmius of his own Ruchnius Aliyah, focused on his own elevation. Spiritually, that's also Chazetrev. Not only is it Chazetrev, the Kapur of Yom Kippur is like a mikveh. Years ago I said, why is it like a mikveh? Because by a mikveh, if you have one finger out of the mikveh, the mikveh, you don't get Tahara, you're not Tohor. Mikveh Yisrael Hashem, Rebbe Kiva says, describing him Kippur. It's the entire nation of Klal Yisrael as one. That's why if you have Aver Shabinodul Machaveroi, Enye Makipur Machapra, some learn that means even your Aver Shabinodul Makam don't get cleansed. It's Klal Yisrael as a union. And that's the Mishkan was the center location of Ashwas Hashkina for Klal Yisrael. And therefore, B'nai Aaron, 
in the Chinuch HaMishkan bringing in an individuality that had to be plucked out immediately. That couldn't continue. And that's why Yom Kippur, when the opportunity opens up for the Koyen Gadol, a life's opportunity, we have to warn him, no, think about Pnei Aaron. They were also holy people on a holy mission. But it was in isolation. And that's the Hagdome to the Avoid of Yom Kippur. That is the whole introduction to the Avoid of Yom Kippur. And I have to share with you, I heard from my brother-in-law, Zola Gizun Sain, B'chaim Yezev, Baruch Hashem is home, Chaz Yenim. He said that he heard, I don't know, think he experienced this, but he heard a Maisa with Rav Shach. Unbelievable Maisa. Which this is something that I saw at Tzad HaShavah with all the G'dayli Yisrael, that I was able to know. Different. Rabbi Yankiv, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, Yashiv. Each one, different. Had a different light that they brought to the world. Their light. But there was one thing that was a Tzad HaShavah that you saw by all of them. Rav Shach had some infection in the toe or the toenail. And the doctor was in the apartment by Rav Shach working on the toe, asking him every minute, I hope I'm not, the Rashiva is not in pain. You know what that could be, that kind of pain. Rav Shach was as calm, as cool as a cucumber. Didn't see anything on him. They finished the procedure. And somebody in the apartment mentions it was during the war, one of the wars with Eretz Yisrael, that a plane was shot down. Rachman al-Lutzlan, one or two soldiers passed away. From the Tzahal. This wasn't Rav Shach's son, it wasn't Rav Shach's grandson, it wasn't Mishpache, it wasn't somebody he knew. It was two Jewish chayalim. He burst out crying like a baby. And everybody in the apartment was shaking. That here they're operating on a toe that's infected while he's awake, cutting and opening and patches. Nothing. Klaus Yisrael. Two Jews killed his neshama. His neshama, the neshama of Klaus Yisrael. That's the order of the day. My friends, that's the Hagdoma, that's this Pausha, that's Achremais, that's the name of the Pausha. That should be for all of us a Musar Haskell in our own lives. We just went through two months of Nebuch, what went on, and, and we were so tuned into each other. We should continue. We should continue with the understanding that Shchutechutz, going out, going out on our own trip. I know when I work sometimes with a couple, Shalom Bayez, and I schedule a time to meet them. And then emergency comes. It happens unfortunately often. And I have to cancel. And I explain to them, I have an emergency. Somebody's a medical emergency. They have difficulty. It's a challenge. What do you mean we have Shalom Bayez? We, we, us. It's human. These are good people. It's hard to see outside of your Dalai Ramas. Baruch Hashem, Klaisol did see out of the Dalai Ramas. And let's grab that and hold on to that. Because the Hashros HaShchineh, the relationship we have with the Rabbani Shalom, 
is b'soich ami anoichi yishevas. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. That's what the Mishkan's about. And that's what the Torah's Klal Yisrael is all about. And with that, we'll all be zeichetake. Again, Tashros HaShchina Begoli, we should be zeichet b'soich tevez and gezunt, Yeshua is v'nechomais, Aleichem v'al kol beis Yisrael.